coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. I am Brett Berkey, and this is Rick Allen. Mm-hmm. And we're here today to talk to you about something that a lot of buyers would really find interesting. Yes. And, uh, you know, so we know some of these, you know, you can't, mortgage notes can get expensive, you know, and so there is ways to do funding. And that's what we want to talk to you today about today is ways of funding a note deal. And so, yes, there's, and there's, I mean, a couple ways to do it. Um, but uh, I'm going to let Rick talk about the ways he knows, and then we can introduce some stuff. Sure. So some of the, I guess when you first get started, it's like you're, you know, putting together some money, maybe get a 401k or something like that. And you want to get started. And so your own cash, your own capital, your own retirement funds, that's the, the obvious, Hey, fund it with your own money. Um, but usually what happens is that only goes so far. So you get tapped out on cash and then you're looking with, you're sitting there going, well, I want to buy more notes because once you start buying notes, you want to buy more notes. That's just, that's just the way it goes. Uh, so you have to figure out like, well, what am I going to do to get more capital? And there's, there's a few different routes that we've done to get capital. And there's some other stuff that's kind of coming to light now. Um, one of the first ways to, to re, um, to get more capital into your account is to sell a partial. That's explain to them what a partial is. So a partial is when you maybe buy a loan, um, and you want to say you bought a loan at a pretty good discount. Maybe you're buying a non-performing loan right now. You get it performing again and you got it at a 60% discount. And what you can do is you can sell the next five years, two years, 10 years of payments, however many uh, years of payments you want on a certain yield. And oftentimes, and I see people do this on the platform quite often, they might buy something for 35,000 that's worth, you know, the, Principal balance on it is fifty-five or sixty thousand, and they'll turn around and sell a partial on it for thirty-four thousand. So they'll leave a thousand bucks in a deal, and they'll go ahead and recover thirty-four thousand dollars of their capital. Mm. And um, the way a partial works is when you sell that, those payments that are being made go to the person that purchased the partial. And again, multiple ways you can do this. Multiple ways you can kind of slice it and dice it, but um, typically that's what happens. And after the given number of payments you've sold have expired or been paid, then that loan reverts back to you. And so you would have the last half or the last quarter of that of that mortgage, ultimately with a thousand bucks left in it. Right. That's your basis. So that's one way to do it, and that's a very popular way. Something that. Um, a lot of people teach Eddie Speed is definitely the first time I ever saw it was with Eddie Speed. And uh, I was at the um, five star conference in Dallas and kind of walked into him and he was showing the hundred dollar model. He called it and it was it blew my mind. It was I was like, holy cow, what a tell me, tell me that one. That was really cool. What's well, it's basically selling a partial, but you leave a hundred bucks into it. And that's what the IRS deemed that you had to leave in there as a substantial investment or something along those lines. Don't quote me on it. Um, I don't know if those rules have changed, but when I got into it way back when it was, that's how it was. So um, a really great way to do this. Again, like I said, um, note school, they teach that this is a great way to recapitalize um, your, your funding account. Um, but there's other people out there who teach it too. Um, the next thing 
a joint venture partner. Yep. A lot of people go out there, uh, they find good deals. Maybe you're, you're just plugged in and you're really good at working deals. You've been doing it for a while. You're tapped on capital. You don't want to sell a partial. Well, what do you do? Well, you can get a JV partner. Somebody else who will bring the money, you do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great way, especially if you've got a track record. If you've already got a track record, it's awesome. You can just say, look, here's what I've done. Here's how it's doing. I'd love to have you in on it. Here are the deals I have lined up. Yeah, we knew a guy that said, oh, he did. What was it? Robert Wood? Remember that name? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I don't remember. That's but his strategy. He was a local guy here. Yeah, I know he did that, JV Partners. I know that, um, you know, I will say this. There's, you got to be caveat and tour, right? Mm. Um, you want to be a good JV partner, but you also realize that if you're doing a joint venture with somebody, um, you want to know, well, what kind of capital are they? Are they going to be active capital where they're constantly wanting updates and touching, or are they more passive and patient capital? Um, definitely when you're doing notes, patient capital is, is key because patient capital can, it's just something you want to do um, because they're not necessarily always calling you. And I've seen, I spoke to a lot of investors who have bad JV partnerships where they're just not. Yeah, I've seen that. People, they, they're selling those notes on the site. They want to get out of the JV. Mm -hmm. Like, look, I just want to get rid of this note. Just want to, you know, split ties. Yeah, so them. joint ventures are great. Um, that's another way to raise capital or to, to get more capital. Um, then you can kind of go even a little bit further down into the um, <laughs> into this and you can open up an actually a structured fund, like a Reg D fund, where you're putting together... Um, large chunks of capital from accredited investors mm -hmm. and you're going to invest that way. Um, usually that requires an attorney. Um, it requires a lot of track record. Mm -hmm. It requires a, you know, a pretty laid out business plan on what you're going to do. Uh, it's going to cost you a little more money up front, but it can, it can take you from having, you know, a couple bucks to you can have millions of dollars by putting right. that and structuring the regular, uh, you know, like a reg D. And then there's, of course, there's the, the regulation A plus, which is you can take money from just about anybody, uh, accredited or non accredited. That, really that was really expensive to set up. And, um, you can, you know, you're, you're capped on what you can raise. I, I don't, you know, we did one, it was, it was good. Um, I don't know that I would do another one again, just because it's a lot of work to, raise money a thousand bucks at a time. It's much easier if you get somebody who wants to yeah. write checks for a hundred, 200, 500, something like that. Yeah. But again, you gotta figure out which fund is right for you. Right. So um, another way to do it is talk, you know, maybe you're talking to somebody who's got a large portfolio and maybe they, um, we did two different purchases like this where they actually owner finance the deals to us. Oh, wow, really? Yep. So um, some of these things were legacy and they wrote us, you know, we, we agreed to give them X amount of money down and they were able to still collect some interest. Those, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing on those because um, the interest will eat you up, right? So, right, because you're paying interest although the bars or these are probably not performing. No, they were performers. So, oh, the, wow. so, so that was the thing is the borrower was, the borrowers were making payments and obviously the amount of money that we were making off of the borrower payments far exceeded that which we were paying on the on, on the loans. So it worked out. If you could move quickly and turn and burn, 
it's a great way to get assets and then, you know, start selling them. And it's almost like a warehouse line. Use it like that. You can sell them quickly. Um, it's like a warehouse line. Like you're, you're basically you're, you're using a big chunk of funding up front because you know that you're going to be able to sell it quickly. So you'll take all this stuff. You'll, um, you may have a million dollar credit line or a warehouse line. You're going to go ahead, use that million dollars to acquire. Maybe you're buying non-performing. You're going to turn around and get them perform again and then move them off your warehouse line to open up that million dollars again. Um, there's some funds out there who um, they'll operate two or three different funds and they've got like a dividend fund. They've got a um, fund that they're using for buying non-performers and then they got to, once they turn them performing, they sell them into their dividend fund or they've got a, you know, a commercial fund and so there's a bunch of different funds they have there and that way you're not handcuffed on what kind of assets you can buy yeah and you've got different um you've got different vehicles for each type of asset that you want to purchase it's interesting it's interesting yeah so that there is the uh the owner finance stuff again um that's going to involve an attorney because there's there's a couple different ways you can structure those loans um you know, we've we've done two purchases, two acquisitions on the, with different um, counterparties, and we did owner financing on both of them. So it works out. You know, you wind up spending six hundred thousand and buying you know six million in in principal balance. So if you can, if you get the right discount, the interest rate works for everybody. It's a great way to do it. Um, you gotta find how, how do you find those people that would have the portfolio to do it? You just, just ask. You just got to be in it. If you're talking to somebody and they've, you know, a lot of times that, that, that's how these came about. We were, uh, one we bumped into at a conference, the other person we've known for a while, um, they sent us over a portfolio and they said, here, here's your, this, we've got this tape that we want to sell. And so um, TJ actually structured both of those and said, this is what we're looking to do. And he said, okay. That's cool. Yeah. I've never so, heard of that one. That's a, that's a good way to do it. Um, and then there's actually just hard money financing. <laughs> you know, there's credit lines. You can obviously use your home equity, home equity line, stuff like that. But you can go to somebody like what we have rolling out with um, George Newberry over at AHP. They've got a, uh, a funding solution to where they'll be your lending partner yeah, for acquiring cool. loans. So that's going to be a whole different way yeah. that you can use to, to buy assets. Yeah, so you still got to bring some money to the table, but you could do a, you know a double up of where you have something like a home equity line of credit, where you're able to use that as your down payment, your piece of the puzzle, and then you, you offer, they offer the rest of the rest of the pie. So I mean that's a pretty interesting strategy. That, that's another inter interesting strategy. I see you have uh, Tardis pulled up, and they have uh, a, income they have, snowball. The income snowball is a way that you can start. Um, that involves like a, a line of credit. Those are lines of credit. So there's there's just a lot of different ways that you can get out there and start buying. Um, you know, I kind of started with what people usually start with, and that's using their own capital, and then maybe going to um, selling partials or hypothecation is an as another way to sell kind of a partial or get some uh, funding on your loan that you've already owned, and then kind of ran down the list of um, didn't intend to, but it kind of worked out to where. It, they, the, the further down the list you go, um, minus maybe the last one of, of getting lending from somebody else on it, that it's, you need to have, you need to have 
been doing this for a little bit, at least, to have some sort of track record. And what I've heard of that I, I'm still trying to dig into, and I, gosh, I hope it's true if I can figure it out. There's a thing called plastic. Plastic? But yeah, it's spelled with a Q on the end. And uh, what they're able to do is you're able to, so the guy I spoke with <laughs> had, you know, perfect credit. You know, so he gets these uh, no interest credit cards for 18, 22 months, whatever, something like that. And then he will go to plastic and then he'll get the cash to, to use it. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go buy assets. And with that, be able to turn it around within that time frame and sell off. Interesting. And so sounds kind of like that huh? credit line, warehouse line, floor. Yeah, line. yeah. I mean, it's I, I had meetings with Plastic. We're still going back and forth, but infinite banking. That's another one. Infinite banking. Yeah, that's. But that takes take time. That takes time to build up. But the infinite banking is when you get um, life insurance policies and you borrow, basically borrow from yourself mm-hmm. against your policy. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have one of those. Uh, I ignore it for now because you gotta wait till like six or seven years and it starts to actually look really good. And then once once that's going, you're like, all right, now I can really use it. So it's a slower method, unless you get like, some people, a lot of the people I know that have got infinite uh, IBC accounts is they left their corporate job and the, instead of rolling over their 401k, they're, doing, they're an entrepreneur now. So they'll, they'll put it into an IBC account mm-hmm. instead of, a, or a self-directed IRA account, you know, so. Sure. Instead of you know putting it back into something else, so we'll let it sit stagnant. But I mean, yeah, I guess those are the gist of it. I mean, we will be uh, doing more with uh, AHP fund. I don't think it's AHP fund. I don't know if it's pre REO. Pre I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. But it's you know George Newberry normally puts his stuff together pretty well. So there's something else coming down the pipe for that. So that kind of covers it. Um, looks like we're about to overheat. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to stop this now so the camera doesn't shut off. So that's it for now. Brett and Rick checking out. We'll catch you on the next episode.